Hello, and welcome to the Queen's Bench Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Mak Hindi and Alexander Beauchamp, and today we're talking about how to survive 1L. We've developed this podcast alongside the admin at Queen's Law, and we're very grateful for their support and help. Shout out specifically to Mark Dean and Tim Butters for supporting us throughout our journey. Before we jump in, please be sure to check out our website at queensbench.ca and follow us on all of your favorite social media and audio platforms. Now let's get started. So Alex, we finally made it to the other side of uh, 1L, hey? Yes, sir. How did you feel about 1L? I'm, I'm trying to remember the way, the, the things I was thinking about before I actually arrived the first day. And the main things I was nervous about were not academics at all. It was, it was about meeting people. Um, obviously, you have your group of friends from your undergrad. Uh-huh. And starting new, you always you get in your head that you're the only one who's nervous. I mean, I met you on the first day, and, and frankly, I met a lot of the people who I'm still really good friends with the first day, which sort of opened my eyes to how unique Queen's community culture is. Mm-hmm. I am admittedly a legacy, a Queen's legacy kid. So, <laughs> I'm so not. <laughs> I, I had heard from my siblings, my parents, how, how unique the, the community component was. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I actually got here and I saw first day, I'm meeting some of who I, I expect to be lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, so it was really special in that way. And it did a way, it, it quelled any nerves I had whatsoever about the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm which sort of freed me up to worry about everything else. Um, I remember it was it was the first day of orientation. I saw you <laughs> sitting on a bench with a, a buddy of ours. and yeah, uh, in the burgers. Yeah. yeah. And I went up and, and sort of hit it off right away. Yeah. Uh, and well, I mean, the rest is history. Now we're doing a podcast together. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like I chose Queen specifically for the community atmosphere. Like I remember reading on Reddit and like the forums and stuff. And it was like, what's the school that is supposed to make you feel the most like you belong and that like your family and there's like a community atmosphere and people help each other kind of thing. And you're totally right. Like it's one thing to read about it, but it was so relieving to actually experience it in person and to see like, yeah, this is a place where, yeah, like, of course, you're going to work hard. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to hopefully get a job at the end of it, which we'll talk about <laughs> later. But Fingers crossed. <laughs> but the time you spend here, you also, like, do meet great people. And you meet people from such a variety of backgrounds. Like, you know, we're kind of unusual. We both studied health side. And, um, and like, you speak French. I did French immersion. And there's just every person that you meet is so unique and refreshing. And that's like the other thing is like my experience was so enriched by meeting everybody. I feel like, yeah, I learned about the law, but I also learned a lot about people and you learn the soft skills because you're forced to, like you have to network, you have to make friends, you have to figure out how to be good at a job interview. And that's really what I've come to appreciate about law school is at the end of one L now looking back, like I've grown a lot as a person, even my friends and family, like just the way I speak, just the eloquency, the vocabulary that you learn just by reading these long decisions, like Supreme Court decisions, especially, it really kind of sinks in over time. And I think it makes you a better person. You'll you'll remember during orientation, how many times did they tell us, as you go through your law school journey, it will change the way you think. And you yeah. think, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's, like, yeah, so, right. it's so sincerely true. Yeah. The difference a year makes. Now, I will say this. 
without a doubt, Queen's strength is is the diversity of people who are here. You have us, HealthSci, you have people from engineering, political science, every walk of life. Uh, also, people from across the world too. Mm-hmm. And the so as excited as I was to meet everybody, the downside of that is I was quick to get in my head because I said, holy smokes, <laughs> these are some of the most impressive people yeah. I've ever met. Yeah. I've done, I don't deserve to be here. Yeah, And they will ingrain it in you during orientation, those first four days, everyone's thinking the same thing. And they yeah. tell you this, but you don't accept it. It takes you a good six months to realize that you belong here. It's almost too late by the time you realize. <laughs> yeah. It's like final exam season around the corner. And you're Imagine, like, you know what? I'm pretty smart still. Yeah, everyone else is too, but I'm, I kind of belong. Yeah. Imagine how you could have calmed your nerves if you could have just looked looked into the crystal ball, yeah. into the future. Yeah. Everything is going to be okay, but you don't know it. And it's the same with any new start. I, yeah. It's inevitable, but to the incoming class, calm down. Like... Yeah, it's a whirlwind. Your mind is racing a million miles a minute. Mm-hmm. Academics, extracurriculars, new city. What am I supposed? To, new living accommodations. For yeah. me, it was my first time living alone. I'd never lived, never lived alone. I lived in a house I, with seven people. I lived people. alone, but in my parents' house, like yeah. you know, the house I grew up in. So, yeah. yeah, so very different. Everything's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, with respect to that. The, the people who are who are Queen's lifers, the people who have been here for their undergrad, that they are valuable in, in terms of knowing they'll make you more comfortable with everything about Queen's because, yeah. I mean, it's not unique just to the law school. Queen's undergrad is seemingly very similar. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets along. It's it's hard to believe the community component of Queen's law, but it's it's really special. I mean, even yeah. even look at the core side of stuff. I couldn't believe how open and willing to share notes and everything up your students where it was. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbel- where I come from, I won't throw shade. I won't name drop, but <laughs> it was certainly a very different atmosphere. It was sort of. Shade was thrown. <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of. I liked it. It was just different. Um, yeah. it, it was more of a you're on your own, whereas Queens, it, it couldn't be further from yeah. an individualistic approach. It couldn't be further. Yeah, and like truth be told, law like when you tell people you're going to law school, everybody just kind of goes, "Oh, it's it's going to be competitive," and and it is. Like everybody's trying to do well, but I didn't feel like many people were willing to do well and like like to cost someone else to do well. Everybody seemed like they well, just wanted to work hard and do well, which is fair. Right? <laughs> so I had when I heard competitive. Obviously, uh, this I'm sure is true for you too, but. Science undergrads are really competitive. Everyone's looking yeah. for the med stream. Well, I was in in medsci at a university. Yeah, <laughs> for a year. And so yeah, that was brutal. Well, you hear the horror stories like people are sabotaging each other on uh-huh. their lab reports. Like yeah, yeah. it's mayhem, and and you come here, and not only is it up your students, but they have they have the outline bank, like literally yeah, yeah. a resource for you to. Yeah. Not that you should rely on it exclusively, but it's an incredible aid. I mean, you have oh, literally yeah. a bank of outlines from the professors you're taking for the courses that you're yeah. taking, yeah. you know, so. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so coming here, you're right. Like the first two weeks, it felt like you're just like, it's almost like being shipped off to the military in a way. Like everybody lives really close to each other. I didn't, but I'm the I'm the anomaly. You're the exception, not the I'm rule. the exception because I drove. But like everything was happening in your guys' area, like Princess Street, Queen Street, and Brock Street. Yeah. Like that's where we were the first two weeks. That's where I spent my life. And 
it was also like full immersion. Like I remember only having time to like not not that I was working all the time per se, but you're doing stuff. You're doing law related stuff, either hanging out with law people or like prepping for courses stressing about prepping for courses yeah or like yeah or like doing work that you shouldn't be doing because it doesn't make a difference um, <laughs> well, don't say that <laughs> well, you, you know you over do you everything over, you oh, yeah yeah do everything but you overwork yourself because you think i gotta do everything right now yeah and like exams are a couple months away at least and i remember one thing my tutor told me uh and it's that the stuff you learn in the first two weeks of law school, you won't even remember, like by the time the final exams come out. And I thought that it was BS. Like I was like, you how, like, because the stuff initially, like the first, do you remember the first case we read for torts? I think that yeah. was one of the first cases we read. <laughs> okay. Um, and I remember being like, how, like, how is this not going to be on the exam? Because it was so <laughs> much. Because it was That's like a so lot, true. right? Like yeah. you're like, this is like well, it was like a forty pager or a twenty pager. Yeah. It was a lot. I remember it being a lot for a health science student, which some of my you know social science major friends maybe that wasn't a lot for them, but for us it was like this has to be on the exam. Like this is like we yeah. would get like four or five of those for an entire semester. Yeah. In some of my courses. Well, so and, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and it never like it never came up again. We talked about it in one class, and that was it. So like he was right. Like it, you could you forgot it, and like the closer to the midterm and closer to the final, that the the professors will tell you what to focus on. You're like, yeah, that I could have never read that, and that yeah. was fine. So like, don't stress. That's that's one thing I learned. Two points. I just want to emphasize something. Sign up for the tutor program. Yeah, hundred. Please, for crying out loud, sign up. I don't for the even tutor think program. it's too late in September. Like, no, I think I so. signed up into the school year. Really? Yeah. Okay. My tutor has been one of the most invaluable resources. Yeah. Please do yourself the favor of signing up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's literally an up your mentor who will guide you yeah. with any questions you have. They're incredible. They're very smart. It's They've, not just academic. Too. Yeah. Like, oh no, it's it's mostly experiential. Yeah. Yeah, and like giving you advice. Like I, when I got my one L job, the, two days before my interview, I called my tutor because he had already landed. Um, at that time, he got it. He got in at a firm in in Hamilton, I think. Nice. And um, and I was like, this is the firm I'm applying to. Like, literally, give me advice. And he gave me invaluable advice. Yeah. Like, I think the advice he gave me got me that job. Yeah. Like, it's not that it, like, it just made the difference. Like, of course, I worked hard otherwise. I had a good resume, whatever, whatever. But if I had not heard his advice, I don't know if I would have landed that job. So, like, that, and also you see them around. I would say hi to him. He introduces me to his friends. Now I'm friends with his friends. Um, then I see them later, or I text them if I need something, or if I know that they've taken, because they're all in the same section, but previous year. So they usually have the same profs as me, his friends. So now I have access to like three or four people that were in my section, but yeah. the year before. So they have mostly all my, my, like almost all the same profs. And so like, well, and it's, else? it's a mentor, not just for first year. It's, it's until they graduate. Yeah. My mentor, my, my tutor, it, she is a mentor, has given me as much advice throughout my first year as she has this summer. Like, yeah, I know you, Muck is brilliant, so he's already landed a job. But <laughs> say that. for those of us... Who, all lies, all lies. For those of us relegated to the 2L recruit, <laughs> she was there every step of the way, like giving me advice yeah. and everything else. And the other thing I will touch on that you referred to, first two weeks, I remember I took about an hour to get through, uh, it was something like eight pages of notes because I was taking the most thorough notes I, I could, um, thinking that it was going to save me. Yeah, yeah. I, 
And I remember, I'll never forget the advice. It was from one of the orientation panels. They said, don't lose the forest among the trees. Yeah, yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. You will, the first two weeks, every reading you do, you'll be hung up on every word. Yeah. And then you'll look back on it halfway through the semester and you'll realize, what was yeah. I doing? You know, do the readings without a doubt. Yeah. But don't give yourself a headache with hanging on every single word because what they're testing you on is is ideas and concepts. They're not trying to trick you. You're not getting a ton of unexpected yeah. questions on exams. Yeah. Don't lose the forest among the trees. Best yeah. piece of advice I got during orientation. 100%. And I think that goes for everything in life. Like I think that's one thing I've solidified from law school is like even now in my summer job, which I'm at, at the time of recording, this is my last week. And like, yeah, everything I did in my first week mattered. Maybe a little bit more than law school, if truth is told, but it's still like in the grand scheme of things, like nobody was judging me. I could have messed up first week. I could have made a genuine mistake and that would have been fine. Consistency is key. Yeah. If you consistently mess up, things are not fine. Yeah. If you consistently try hard and once in a while you mess up, people are usually very understanding. My experience professors were pretty, like, of course, don't mess up and miss a deadline. Like that, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> but like if you make a genuine mistake yeah. or, you know, like they're not going to fail you in an exam because you didn't get a question right. Um, just put your best foot, put your best foot forward, make a genuine effort and try to be consistent. Um, and there's a reason, there's a reason why in the GPA calculation, one bad mark is worth like three good ones because yeah. consistency is key. You're better off getting 80s every day, all day than getting 160 and 290s. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good metaphor for life. The age-old rule holds true in law school. Hard work does pay off. So fear not. If you're committed to working hard, you will do well. There's there's yeah. no way you won't. Yeah. Which brings up the community at Queens is great, as we talked about. Yeah. Um, it's inevitable in first year, especially. Everyone's going to talk about how hard they're working. Yeah. It will make you panic. They will do <laughs> things differently than the way you do them. Yeah. Fear not. Yeah. You are you might do things differently. I know I certainly did. Outlining, you'll hear about outlining. It's all the rave in law school. Mm. I do my notes very differently. You've seen my notes. It's a beautiful mess. Um yeah. but if it works for you, it works for you. I mean, that's what I did throughout my entire science undergrad and it's just what I'm comfortable with. It yeah. works. Um and then I'll I'll tidy up and I might turn it into outlines before exams, but I was panicked because I saw the level of organization that people like you and, and others had. And like I said, me. <laughs> I, well, you've seen mine. Uh, so, <laughs> so if you feel comfortable with a particular strategy, don't worry. So long as you're doing the work one way or another, you're probably doing it okay. Yeah. If you're comfortable with that strategy, stick to it. Yeah. I'm happy I did. I think if I tried to to get fancy and do things the way other people did them, it would have been to my detriment, not to my benefit. Yeah. Um, do you agree? A hundred percent. I remember a very prominent member of our law school, like big student leader. She brought up that other people were outlining and she never outlined. Yeah. Now this person has landed, I think a big law job. Huge law not, job. Yeah. So, <laughs> and like looking, like looking back, I didn't even know what an outline was. So let, let's, let's help some people out in the audience. 
An outline is just a summary of all the lectures and readings that are important that you think you'll need in an exam. Yeah. You, you're supposed to print it out before our year and halfway through our year. You were expected to print it out and bring it to the exam and then flip over to that page and you have an index and it tells you where everything is, blah, 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 blah. blah. Now it's digital. You can search it. Um, point is, that's all it is. Anyway, sh this person did not like participate. They just brought their lectures and their books and whatever and it worked for them. And I remember being like, well, this person, like, they're a genius. They're built different. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not me, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And I was like, I'm still going to outline. And I did. Yeah. And guess what? By the middle of the year, I realized I was more like her than all the other people. Yeah. And I stopped outlining. What I did was I found outlines through friends or I collaborated with friends and I would just edit them. Like, for me... It's too time consuming. It was too time consuming because I'm a perfectionist and I would like, again, toil over every word. Yeah. And I just wasn't getting work done. And so what I would do is I would look at somebody else's words and then just add what I think is important to that, that they missed. Well, in class, you'll see people like me acting yeah. like a stenographer hanging, <laughs> literally writing every single word that comes out of the uh, the professor's mouth. And then yeah. I'll look to my right and I'll see someone hasn't written a darn word yeah. yet their page is full because yeah. they're using outlines. And I mean, all roads lead to Rome. It's yeah. it's whatever is comfortable for you will probably work well. Yeah. If it doesn't, that's the benefit of midterms. Yeah. Which is actually a really good point too. Yeah. You'll find out pretty early on if it is working with midterms. Mm -hmm. Midterms are a good marker about how you're doing. They don't really affect your final marks whatsoever. There's some discrepancy based off sections. Some sections do things a little bit differently. But but by and large, most of your courses will be your the marks that you get at midterms will not be determinative. Yeah. So I think the highest we had was 15%. I mean, yeah, there's some sections had a little bit more. So I mean, definitely I mean, yeah. emphasize your your studying accordingly. But I mean, most of the time it's it's 10 or 15%. Yeah. Um, so on that note, if you do super well. Both of these scenarios are very common. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> if you do very well, I commend you. Good job. Keep it up for crying out loud. Please keep it up. So many people think, oh, I did super well. Yeah. I can I can probably slack off a little bit second semester. Yeah. Or I did super well and half the readings weren't on it. So now <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do half the readings, yeah. but you don't know what's going to be on it, right? So. so, and vice versa. If you do super poorly, you're not screwed. Honestly, I think you're lucky. Like, truth be told, if you do, it might be a good thing. A lot of people, like, I mean, try to do well, please. But most people I know that did poorly ended up doing better, super way well. better. Yeah, like it was actually to their benefit. Well, because it gave them that kick in the butt. There's a Queens professor. It's a great story. Yeah, failed was I think the only person in in the section who failed the yeah. midterm and went on to win the the Crim Award. Yeah, uh, for the same Again, class, kick in the butt. Yes, so. So the warning is almost more for if you do well on midterms. Don't, don't stop. Yeah. Keep grinding. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. And if you don't do well, all hope is not lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's 90% of your mark that's outstanding. Yeah. And like, again, with the curve, and I always, I was the philosopher in, in the first two weeks of law school who would always remind people that. The curve works against you if you're trying to get A's, but it also helps you if you're avoiding C's, right? So like if you walk into an exam and you haven't studied, the curve will usually push you into the B minus range, C plus range. And that's the worst case scenario, yeah. which isn't great, but your life is not over. You can bounce back on an exam that's worth 15%. Like it's nothing. 
that's like three percent on your final mark like yeah. it's ultimately right so like the stakes are very low that's not to say you shouldn't study you should put in your best work it's to say that you shouldn't pull three consecutive all-nighters for it well, because because you won't be able to do that for the whole year unless you're built different and some okay. people are but we're giving advice for the majority right I'll, I'll come in i'll come in from the other angle though i will say this you're what you said is true yeah um when it seems to be the case that sort of halfway through first year, people come to realize that what you said is true and they they think, OK, well, I'll, I'll do well enough either way. Yeah. And they also sort of think that A's are are maybe unattainable uh, for them. And, and it's just this terribly small minority that's able to get them. Yeah. I mean, yes, there is some of that that's true, but A's are attainable. Don't think that just because the majority of the class gets B's that you can't get an A. Yeah. The hardest workers are rewarded with A's yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, so try for them. It's worth trying for them and, and there's no downside. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge upside too. Like the reality is like getting a couple of A's is almost necessary to land early on. You, you'll on. learn too during recruit. Yeah. Especially if you want to do 1L recruit, but it's incredibly valuable for 2L recruit too. One, even one, but one or two A's goes a long way in terms of getting more uh, more of your applications approved for OCIs or, yeah. or in-firm interviews. So yeah. invest, in, invest time in, in your yeah. work. But, um, but I, would always say, always, I would also say on the topic of, um, of marks, and I don't want to dwell on this topic because it's kind of like it's either got it or you don't kind of thing. Like you just got to try for it and see what happens. But um, I would say that don't try a strategy that didn't work, that I saw didn't work for many people, including myself, is don't think that your favorite course is going to be the course you get an A in. Yeah. Like I tried, I tried really hard for a couple of <laughs> courses that I was really enjoying and I got Bs in them. <laughs> and then the courses that I really didn't like. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I worked harder for those or like, I mean, I must have not because I like I worked really hard for the others. But I like it's not necessarily easy to predict which ones you're gonna so try hard for all of them like I'm so glad I didn't slack off in crim which was my least favorite course because like yeah the material didn't come naturally to me but I ended up doing really well in it and like if I if I just kind of gave up and was like I'm gonna invest in contracts which was one of my favorite courses then like it would have been a bad decision so I would say try really hard for all your courses and you know what sometimes because you don't study hard for something you don't like it because you don't know what's going on. You go to lecture, you don't know what they're talking about. And then you're just like, oh, I'm not good at this. But no, you just haven't done the work. Yeah. So yeah, one thing is work really hard, I would say, for all of them, especially before the midterm, especially before midterms. And then, and then yeah, go from there. Here, the last point I'll make about academics, you're, you're rewarded for staying up to date. The courses, e- each class is relatively content heavy for, for most of your courses. So... <laughs> Don't even if it's recorded. Don't fall behind. Try to stay up to date so it's yeah. it's not a panic at the end. Yeah, uh, it will be. It, unlike some undergraduate degrees, I think it's particularly hard to catch up because yeah. there's so much content. And don't don't be fooled into thinking that because you have your notes on the exams, you can sort of wing it. No. Did you have ugh, the amount of time you have to go through your outlines during an exam is no. is so small. Yeah, if you don't know it sort of after reading the question you're you're in a rough spot yeah like if you you have about five to ten minutes maybe f- closer to five 
to actually think of a response yeah. before you have to start rating. Otherwise, the time runs you out. You could command F for a point or two, but it's... Yeah, it's almost not worth the, the wild goose chase. Don't, yeah, don't put yourself in the position where you are, are so reliant on, on your notes that you yeah. can't answer without and them. The other thing about like doing well on exams is ask your professors what they want. I didn't do this. Go to office hours. Yeah. Please go like, to office hours. Everybody said that. And I just like, I, so I did like, I like, I did well on my first couple of midterms, the one, first ones we got back. And I was like, well, I mean, I know how to write a law school exam <laughs> yeah. now. Some profs want point form. Yeah. Like you can save so much time by not making like subheadings and like writing full on paragraphs and making them look nice. If and, you go to office hours, a lot of profs will show you yeah. old exams that were successful. You'll you'll exactly. be able to see what a what a good exam looks like. And so like I missed a lot of marks in some courses because I would sit there and write these like super eloquent like paragraphs and other people were sitting there writing point form and getting all the marks I was More missing. More points, yeah. Because you run out of time before you run out of ideas a lot of times. Yeah. It's seldom the case that you have too much time on a, on a law exam. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's ever It's happened. It's always a mad dash, but it, it's enough. It's Yeah. They're pretty fair. One yeah. thing I'll say about law school, the, the course content side of things, they're very fair. You know, they're, they're not trying to trick you. They're not trying to, they're not trying to stump you with the, the one thing that you spent yeah. two minutes on. It's, it is the meat and potatoes of, of the course content. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like, so originally we were talking about what surprised you about law school. I would say the content. Like, so I was, I think Alex was more of the kind of person that knew a lot because he had siblings. I had, I had a ton of exposure. Full disclosure, I, I have a, a lot of law in my background. Yeah. Muck is the exact opposite. Yeah, I have no lawyers. So I, I had a little have... bit of, I knew a little bit of what to expect. Yeah. Um, admittedly, nothing's exactly as it's explained to you, but yeah, I definitely had more insight than some. Yeah. And for me, I had none. My yeah. dad was a physician. Um, we're immigrants, and we have no lawyers in my family, as far as I know, ever. Like going back infinite generations. <laughs> so, um, granted, law is not a really a big field in in my country of birth. Um, so that there's that. But I would say that um, what what you'll come to appreciate is that everybody's kind of on equal footing, and. Like it helps to an extent, especially for like a job search, but you really like, I mean, some of the brightest kids in our class and, and some of our brightest tutors were like science STEM majors with no law background at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like don't ever, I don't think there's ever a reason to feel like you're behind because catching up is as easy as just asking like, hey, how do I get a job or going to the CDO, the career development office. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so what surprised me because I have no background was like the way you're taught in law school is really different. Like, first of all, it's the case method. So you just learn by example. Like you don't learn by lecture. Some Sometimes you do. I remember in CRIM, we had like a lot of theory and, and lecture, but like in contracts, we didn't. Like in contracts, we'd be like, well, this is this thing and this is how it works. And yeah, that's helpful like to, or, to orient you. But then you learn about all the exceptions and all the nuances by looking at cases. And so... It was just a lot of adjustment because I didn't realize like how to pull the rule out of a case. Like I would focus so much on the facts and they really don't matter that much. Mm. Like the names don't matter whether like whether it's the nephew or or the or the son or the wife, like it really doesn't matter. That's I'm why like, my first notes were so long. I was I was yeah. hung up on the facts of the case and it's the least important part. I mean Exactly. And it's and, good to draw analogies with facts, but but the rule is 
the rule is the rule. The rule is king. Yeah. You can like, and I'm going to go on a limb here, but I think you can get a B, B minus just by knowing the rules. Like I don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're definitely better off knowing the rules and all of them. Know the facts to analogize, but. Yeah. You're, 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 of course, the more you know, the better. Yeah. But don't skimp on rules to know the facts. Yeah. Like don't not study a third of your outline because you just know the other. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. you don't know what comes on the exams. Like we had exams where the cases were name dropped. And yeah. like an entire essay question was about one case. That will happen a lot. Yeah. So you need to know them to a certain detail, but you're better off writing your essay about the rule than about like the facts and how they might be yeah. slightly different in your situation or whatever. The other thing is it was really shocking to me how we were being tested. Again, I didn't know much about law school because I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be a lawyer. And so law school to me wasn't the end goal. It was just a way to become a lawyer. And, um, and so like, I was shocked because in health sciences, which is what my undergrad is in, you do multiple choice. Everything was multiple choice. I Same. don't think that's not true. I had like some some classical studies courses and like here and there you'd get like an essay question. It was predominantly multiple choice. Like overwhelmingly. Yeah. And before that, I did a year of medical science. At, yeah. At, and so it was also multiple choice, really, really heavy. Some like short answer, but mainly multiple choice. And so in law school, first of all, it's an issue spotter. So that's different in and of itself. Even if it was a multiple choice issue spotter, it would still be different. And I'll and, emphasize that. If you can spot the issue, you can answer the question. Yeah. The first thing that you should look for when you're reading through any fact pattern on any exam, what is the issue? Once you know the issue, you know where to go with your answer. Yeah. So that's number one. And number two, you're better off writing a bit about each issue than really spending your time on two or three of them and missing like two or three of them. Yeah. And I learned that the hard way. And I don't think I fully learned that at all. Like, I think I'm still struggling <laughs> to, to full disclosure. Um, but Law exams can be hard. And you'll come out and you'll think, holy oh, smokes, man. that was hard. Yeah. Except if you found it hard, probably everybody found it hard. Oh, yeah. And, and then, actually, when you get out of a law exam, everyone will will gather in, in groups and they'll talk about what they did. And you'll say, I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. It's and okay. Then, you would have done something that they didn't do and vice versa. And you'll get a B and they'll get a B. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. well, we wrote completely different things. It makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make sense to this day. There's also, there's also this is a, a big point. There's not a right answer. It's it's an argument. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a right answer. Sometimes there's a right answer. (laughs) A lot of the time, most of the time, there's not a right answer. If you give a compelling argument for one side or the other, or in the best case, both, and then you pick which one's better, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so I guess what we have to say is it's going to be different to most of your undergrad. And I've been told this by a lot of professors and people that are in the know. A lot of the time, people that did STEM actually find it easier to do well in law school than people who did social sciences Mm -hmm. because in STEM, you're taught to get straight to the point and to identify the problem and solve it. And you like with the writing assignments in particular, in particular. Yeah. And we noticed that too. Like most of the people that did really well off the bat and didn't have any like they didn't need to like relearn how to write kind of thing. Yep. They were mostly STEM majors. Yeah. Engineers did the best. Yeah. And that's because, again, they don't reward you for being wordy most of the time. Depends on your profile. How many times were you warned not to be verbose? In one, in, in one class particularly on a daily basis. You will find out. <laughs> you'll know which class it is if you haven't. And you will know if you were verbose. <laughs> oh, you'll know. I was not, thankfully. Yeah. I, I was not. But um, but yeah, so, and, and you know what? Now that I am writing memos at work, 
and and writing emails to go to opposing counsel, what you'll learn is that it's true. Like, if you can't communicate your point clearly, you're more likely to get a BS response that doesn't answer your question. And then you're sending another email and you're wasting time. I, I remember one of the first extracurricular engagements I, I, I participated in, I met a lawyer who I reached out to after the fact. Uh-huh. I wrote him this this great email, how appreciative I was. And it was true. And I got back a reply. It was maybe 10 words. And I thought, oh, gosh, he doesn't like me. Yeah. Until I did this many times and I realized lawyers don't have the time to be verbose. Yeah. Get to the point. Yeah. Please yeah. get to the point. Everyone will thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, also, like, if you ever correspond with lawyers, I didn't learn this until this summer, you might not get a response. Like, if you're like, hey, I'm going to do this. Let me know if it's not good. They won't re- reply and be like, it's great because they don't have time. Yeah. And it's not important. Like, <clears throat> you you said you did it and it was good. Yeah. So why do you expect <laughs> it makes logical sense. Yeah. But yeah. in law, everybody's so busy that that kind of thing is normal. So, like, I would submit like work at work work at work and um and it was great and then i would see the person and they'd be like oh you did a great job and i was like i thought you hated it because like you didn't, you didn't say <laughs> you anything. said nothing <laughs> yeah you said nothing which was like the nice way yeah no 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 if you do a bad job they'll tell I'll you. let you know yeah yeah and that's how everything kind of works so because uh, some of you will start emailing lawyers so that's good that's good to know okay um okay everything at queens is not work yeah queens offers a plethora of extracurricular opportunities which you're the expert on Hardly, um, but I was I was pleasantly surprised because again, not to throw shade, but my my previous uh, academic institution was was not that way. It's on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so Queens has more than enough opportunities. Frankly, whatever your interest is, they have an opportunity for you to engage in it. Uh, you did Queens Law Radio. Um, I was super privileged to to be the president of the class of 2025 for 1L um which shout out the LSS I strongly encourage you to to participate in that as early as you can yeah it's it's invaluable experience it looks great on your resume yeah um I also recommend being the friend of the president it's an invaluable <laughs> experience <laughs> Mucks nothing but a hype man but I, I I'll ignore that I did no networking cuz Alex did all the networking <laughs> So the other thing, I got involved with the Sports and Entertainment Law Society. I love sports. It was a natural fit. Yeah. Um, again, I'm I'm coming to Queen's Law was the natural next step for me after my undergrad. It's what mm-hmm. everyone in my family did. Mm-hmm. The Alumni Relations Committee. It just made sense. These are the things that were, were interesting to me. They're the things I did. Yeah. That's important. Do things you like. Don't. Don't do something merely because you think it will look good. There will be a time crunch in the first two weeks of law school or three weeks or so where a lot of things are being applied to and you feel like if you don't apply to something or get something that you're done and you're dead in the water and you're going to have no extracurriculars and you'll never get a job and you're going to fail at life and you're going to go home to wherever you're from and everybody's going to shame you. That's not true. Things come around. I almost regret like... I almost regret feeling that way because I applied to a couple of things that I didn't want to do and I didn't get them. And then later I got the stuff I actually wanted to do. And I also had time. Like I I only did a couple of things. So I had time to study and I had time to have a life. And if I had gotten everything I applied to, I would have been screwed over. Like I'm so glad because I didn't, I wasn't passionate about them. So they were a chore if I had gotten them. And 
I didn't have the mental capacity for a chore like that, like I thought I did. There is no bottleneck like the bottleneck in Queen's Law when it comes to everything happening at once. Yeah. It will catch up to you if you overload your plate, especially with things you don't like. Yeah. I I I did make that mistake, especially if you're still working outside of school too. Yeah. Plus your academic work. Yeah. Plus your extracurriculars. Plus you, yeah. you need some hobby on the side too to to keep your sanity about you. Yeah. It becomes overwhelming if you overload your plate with things you don't like, or or even if you overload your plate with with things in general. So pick pick one, two, or three things that you are genuinely passionate about. Yeah. And and don't overdo it. It's 100%. I remember right before finals for me was pure pure chaos. It was mayhem. Yeah. So and you, don't make that mistake. And you had overloaded a tiny bit. Imagine if you had done more. I know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, be wise in in your decision making for what you want to participate in something uh, yeah. for whatever Again, you want to participate two in. Two things is totally fun. More than like, enough. I landed yeah. and all I had done was a radio thing yeah. and I had a business, my own personal well, business. And great marks. Uh <laughs> <laughs> all lies. Big brain. Um, <laughs> um but point is like you really don't need like at my job interview like they talked to me about my two things and I was literally just honest. I was like, yeah, I was studying. Like it's law school. What do you expect me to just be out and about until nine o'clock every day? When, when am I going to sit down and study? And they're like, that's smart. Like you did two things. You did them well. You were passionate about them. They line up with my like background. I have background in tech. So, and then I did a radio thing. So it was like, yeah, you're recording. You're using, I mean, doing a radio thing right now. And, um, and like, People understand that it's law school. It's your first year. You're way better off doing that and doing decently well than doing 10. Like I, I didn't see anybody do 10 things or five things, do poorly in marks and then land. Yeah. Like that's not going to happen. The, so the, the extracurriculars are important, but they won't carry bad marks. Probably the most valuable part of extracurriculars is, is the people, again, the upper year students, professors, mentors that you meet through doing them. At, certainly yeah. that's true for me the the upper year students who have helped me the most many of them were people who I met from from the extracurriculars and it's yeah. not always direct mentorship but you see the way they go about doing things anyone who's been on on a sports team you uh you can see the same thing there it, it really is a benefit by observing the way people who you admire conduct themselves yeah. And then also there is practical real advice that they give you or notes that they share with you or I mean I I literally had people helping me with with my applications prior to the the upcoming 2L recruit. Yeah. Strict simply because I met them through extracurriculars. Yeah. They're also people who share interests with you. So so there's a good chance you'll become friends with them. Um so Oh yeah, big time. Like, yeah. Like some of the upper years, like my tutor, for example, we're friends to this day. It seems like everything that you do at Queens gives you the opportunity to meet even more people who who could have a huge impact on your life. That was certainly yeah. true for me. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be true for everybody who I've met. So yeah, no. And, and listen, like some people don't end up being lawyers. They just do law school and then they find something else that they like and yeah. they do that. But at the end of it, like now I'm getting why people still would rather go to law school than not in that kind of situation. Because yeah. really, it's the whole combination. It's like um, it's like that saying, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Like, yeah, you're doing hard things. You're doing interesting readings, whatever. But at the end of it, it really does go to the root of who you are as a person and makes you a better person. And so... 
whatever it is you end up doing, just make sure you put your heart into it because you want to open your heart to it. And once you do that, it will get down to that level and make you a better person. Um, that's what I found really helpful. Uh, other than that, I would say another thing I wanted to to discuss is the fact that we're here to build a career. Like for me, which extracurriculars are a big part of big time. Yeah. Marks are a huge part of you getting landing a great job. Yeah. But it's getting a good law job is a holistic process most of the time. 100%. So yes, invest in getting good marks. That's the primary thing. Yeah. But engage with with the Queen's Law community, especially because it's because it's so easy to do so. And, yeah. and it's easy to do so with things that you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. And also remember that like your reputation matters a lot. Your soft skills matter a lot. Yeah. Like day to day in a firm, you're meeting people, you're talking to them, you're trying to communicate verbally. Um, I guess you could land somewhere as a solicitor and not do much of that but i haven't seen it at my firm anyway well they're invaluable skills to have anyway yeah anyway it's not going to hurt to develop them exactly and um and i i found it helpful to like make decisions like for example if i have x amount of time and i'm deciding what i want to do for an extracurricular a lot of the time what i found helpful was to sit down and be like is this going to enhance my career right if it's something that's fun but not whereas there's something that's fun but will you're probably better off picking the latter because they're both fun, but ultimately like this is not like undergrad where you're just studying for the sake of studying. Like in undergrad, I was studying to go to law school and now I'm in law school. So what am I studying for? Yeah. To get a job. Yeah. And having your eye on the prize is really helpful. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, because like for it, me- It helps you be more motivated too. I mean- Oh uh, yeah, because the, the, you're so close. Like, yeah. and again, most people land in 2L. Some people land in 1L, but by 2L, like your life is kind of- if you don't land in 2L, it's not the end of the it's world. It's not. There's always the 3L recruits. And I, I met many people. I remember when- There's also, there's an, in a, a, I would say most people end up getting their job through independently yeah. reaching out to employers. Do you remember, were you there in, uh, when we went to Dr. Shorma downtown and we met somebody who had just landed in I 3L? do, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that person landed in one of the most prestigious firms from my hometown, yeah. London. And uh, he had only done the 3L recruit. I don't even think he did the 2L recruit. Yeah. Or something. Well, and it, it touches on another point, which is- su- Coming in, some people will know exactly what they want to do. And so their focus mm. is directed straight to that. You see that in particular with a lot of the kids who love crim. Yeah. Um, I guess we're not kids anymore, but because it's, 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 <laughs> it's own its own little silo, right? Like yeah. crim is its own world. You, you do have the a lot of the JED com kids are are squarely directed at business law. Yeah. So you'll have some people who are who know exactly what they want to do. But you'll have the people like me who don't figure out what they want to do until, I mean, I I feel like I sort of came to know what I wanted to do at the end of first year. I had no clue for most of the year. Yeah. Um, So don't let that stress you out either. It's, you'll be okay. Like you will figure it out. Again, the courses that you find interesting are, are a good indicator of what you will want to do later on. Yeah. And, and I will say this. A lot of the people who thought they knew what they wanted to do were dead wrong. Changed their mind completely. Yeah. Big time. So be open to that. Yeah. Don't fight yourself. If you think you want to do big law in Toronto and you want to do corporate big law in Toronto and then you start 
1L. <laughs> You'll see it's like a default answer. But what people who mm. don't know what they want to do, everyone, I I was certainly guilty of this. It seems like yeah. the right answer. Yeah, yeah. And um <laughs> there is no right answer. Do what you like to do. And yeah, and the thing is there's no shame in changing your mind. No. A and B, you might like creme. I know people who like creme that said they were they they, they hated it. Yeah. And I know people who thought they loved it that ended up hating it. So yeah. like just I think in 1L, you're really selling yourself short. If you go in thinking you're not going to like something. Your professors will warn you about this too. Many of them have spent time on Bay Street. And I mean, they're obviously incredibly accomplished individuals. Uh, and it can be a grueling place to work. So oh, yeah. consider consider what it is that you really want. Because there's no shame in not wanting yeah. uh, to go ahead with, with working in a full service law firm on Bay Street for the rest of your life. Yeah. Some people, it's it's a perfect natural fit. Oh yeah, but but if it's not for you, don't feel bad about it. It's it's. I, I remember the day I met somebody like that, and I was like, "Oh, is that okay? I see." And it was like it clicked. Like some people, yeah. they're built for that. I remember, yeah. I remember one of the people who I still look up to so much. Uh, I asked them, "Would you do it all the same again?" Mm-hmm. And despite being in a full service firm now, they said. They, they probably would have done something completely different because of the, I mean, full service Toronto work, it's a huge time commitment. Yeah. Uh, so just be prepared, be passionate about what you're doing if you do want to commit to that. Yeah. It's not to scare you from doing it, but. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But the thing is, that we just feel like we don't. Need you are to. compensated accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah. and the, the culture very much pushes it. So we're just trying to do the other side justice yeah. here. Like for sure, there's a lot of pros there, but they're kind of like, you, they're self-explanatory and they're push, pushed in your face all the time. So yeah, other than that, like, yeah, I would say network and realize that it's a career. Network early. I remember, take, oh, a, yeah. note, take a note out of the uh, JD Com Kids yeah. textbook for whatever reason, the kids coming from business school know to network early. Coming from the science background, I certainly did not. Yeah. Fast forward to second semester, talking with some of my business friends, I realized they've been networking since October. It's not to stress you out, but it is good to become familiar with lawyers at, at the full service firms because you will come across them again, either in the one or the 2L recruit. Yeah. Um. So it's good to have familiarity with the people at the firms, especially yeah. when you're doing your cover letters, you will be name dropping these people. <laughs> uh, and it goes a long way. It does. It shows initiative on your part. And also it's, as it was the case for me, it's stressful to do it all in, in the summer or, or yeah. sort of at the end of, of the year. Yeah. And, um, and also because like earlier on, you can stand out more. Like yeah. if you approach a professor in the first month of law school, and ask them if they're looking to hire somebody in the summer they'll be the top of that list if they are yeah whereas if you wait until a month before school's over they're too busy planning their exams planning their vacation planning like where they got to travel yeah and it's like you're just kind of late to the game like there's no reason to wait and thinking that you're not good enough or that it's too early in the school year is not a good reason yeah and also you got to realize like people are humans like yeah professors are really impressive people they're very smart but they're also very kind and understanding like I've never had a professor like make me feel less than or something for asking. A it also, you might as well take advantage of the benefit, which is the Queen's Law Network. Oh, dude. Like, it is extensive and there is a loyalty there that is, I think it. there's nothing that compares to it. Frankly, like like, I the number of lawyers at the big firms from Queen's who uh-huh. 
simply because they see you're from Queens will answer your emails and get back to you. And in the best case scenario, which is the common common case, spend an half an hour to an hour having a chat with you about what they do. This is invaluable. Like you'd be crazy not to take advantage of that. One of the last things I'll say about this topic is as a lit, like as somebody who did litigation and participated in it, law school matters a lot. Yeah. I heard a lot about how law school is all theory. And once you get into the real world, it's really different. Doing legal research in preparation for litigation is exactly like law school. Yeah. So if you end up doing anything like that, you will need to know your stuff from law school. Like it's not, you can't leave law school and instantly become as good as a fifth year associate. But if you don't know your stuff from like, if you're doing like commercial litigation or, yeah. or that, and you don't know your property and contracts, you're screwed. Yeah. Because it comes up every day. And I'll say to that point about asking questions, it came very natural to muck. <laughs> to speak in class a bit much eh? <laughs> it, no it was but it's valuable first of all it it actually does make the class more engaging and if you're asking the question you've heard this before but probably there's another eight to ten people thinking the same thing yeah um and it's also an incentive to come prepared to class so that you can ask useful questions mm -hmm. but if you're not comfortable i wasn't comfortable right off the bat speaking in class because i, I put this huge pressure on myself to not sound like an idiot I always yeah. want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. You're in class for a reason. You don't know. Yeah. You know basically what you read in the reading. Uh, yeah. And you're not a professional at analyzing it yet. Yeah. Especially Work, in the first half of the year. It's worth working through any trepidation that you might have about asking questions. Not only will it make you a more confident public speaker, which you don't necessarily need if you're not doing barrister's work, but it's, a, again, a very valuable skill to have. And the worst feeling is when you have a legitimate question and you're just handicapped from asking it because you're so nervous. I promise you, again, it speaks to the culture at Queens. People are thinking the same thing. No one is going to shade you because you ask something, even if it is something that other people in the class know the answer to. Yeah. You're here to do well. You're here to learn. Ask questions. You won't regret it. Yeah, I agree. That was really helpful. Also... And this is a little bit self-serving, but truth be told, like asking questions was a great icebreaker for getting to know professors. Yeah. Like people, because I asked a lot of questions, people knew my name on a first name basis from the first two weeks of school. Yeah. And from there, um, you go up to any professor, they know you're hardworking, they know you're engaged with the material. You ask them for like a recommendation letter. You ask them to, like I asked the professor to be part of my my podcast for, for Pro Bono Radio. And it was like a no-brainer. They were super down to do it because they knew that I would do a good job because I showed... Because the thing, you haven't written your exam and your exams are anonymous. Yeah. So unless you have an assignment in that course, how is a professor going to know that you're engaged? Yeah. You could you could not be doing any of your readings for yeah. the entire year. And so it's like, yeah, it's... I mean, it is a lot. And for some people, it's a lot to like put yourself out there. But you're you're in law for a reason. Like you can't just like not talk to people and yeah. and expect to like do well in law. As far as I can tell, maybe there's like some nook and cranny in, in like a tax office somewhere. But again, like it's good to develop these skills. And now is a perfect time. Again, it's early in your law school journey. It's late in your career. Yeah. After one L, basically law school becomes like a part time thing. Maybe after two L, if you're doing the two L recruit. But for me right now in my stage, like I know where I'm going next summer. I'm just there to learn for work. Like I even picked my courses. Admittedly, that is the privilege route yeah. though. Most people will will not know after 1L. But most people will after 2L. Yeah. Most people will do some sort of 2L recruit. Yeah. So after that point, 
So if you land in the first half, for example, after that, you're like literally you for 3L, you will pick courses that like, okay, if I'm not doing this kind of law work and I'm not really interested in it, I'm not going to take that class. Yeah. Whereas like I took a bunch of courses that I was like iffy about, but I know they come up at work all the time. Yeah. And so I better know what I'm talking about. And again, like saying this again, law school matters. Like the stuff you learn in law school, if you're doing any sort of litigation, at least, and even wills in the States, like as a solicitor, like property class and what we learned about wills and how they get challenged, that stuff comes up a lot. At work. It's relevant. Yeah. It's super relevant. So like you're prepping yourself for success later down the line. That's the stuff that you're going to have to sit down on Canly and figure out on your own through decisions rather than being spoon fed it in class. Yeah. So you're better off learning it that way. Also, that brings up a good point. Try, try to figure out what the rule is b- before you come to class. Yeah. Instead of waiting for the teacher to tell you, they will, but you'll it'll enhance your studying to to sort of work through it yourself. Yeah. And it will also facilitate finding it not only on exams but future readings. Once you sort of figure out how judges write decisions, yeah. It becomes very a lot easier to figure out what the rule is from a case. Yeah. Like you must be sick if you think I'm I'm on the clock at work yeah. and I'm reading an entire decision. For in terms of advice, I would say just seize the day. Take the opportunities as they come because you'll see like as your career develops, you'll wish you did. Well, and also take take time away from school related activities and academics altogether. Yeah. You need to have at least a hobby that you enjoy and gets your mind off of things. For me, it's the gym, yeah. uh, the gym and obviously hanging out with friends. But yeah, have something that gets your mind off of everything It'll help you do better in, in your actual work too. You, yeah. You'll be fresher studying and everything else. Yeah. If you are doing work, and some people do 24-7, you're going to be way more susceptible to burning out, which is a real thing, uh, oh, especially time. in law school. Everybody burns out to an extent. Yeah. yeah. You, you need to have some sort of an escape. Mocks are, are particularly interesting <laughs> uh, if you want to go ahead. Um, let's say during exam season, I might've spent an equal amount of time at the 3d printer than I did on my books. I think a lot of people are probably interested to know approximate time commitment per day to, to work, school work. What would you say? We should probably open with that. (laughs) Um, for me, I would say in the beginning of the year, I was putting in a solid four or five hours outside of classes. Stop the cap. (laughs) <laughs> no i mean I, I i was at the library like i mean I, most days i was done at like 4 30 i would say is the latest unless okay. it was the crim day and we were done at like nine but i wouldn't do any work that day that's the thing i took days off like i took like two days off a week don't do that <laughs> i mean i was done at 7 p.m and i studied between my 2 30 and yeah. my like whatever 5 30 yeah. was so i did like three four hours of work but other than that actually sorry i i want to you you definitely can take days off and, and you need to. Yeah, yeah. For me, Sunday. Well, I'm uh, not going to go home at 9 p.m. No. Like by the time No, I but hate- I mean, it, this is, it goes back to the point. You'll hear people talking about how much work they're doing. Yeah. Everyone likes to brag about how hard they're working. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm lazy. So like, I'm tell hard. me, tell me it's not the, the biggest thing law students lie about how much work they're doing. I mean, there's a lot of cap going around. There's a Nobody lot. Nobody was seeing any sun. Everybody was wearing cap. <laughs> There's a lot of cap. You, you study with people and then they yeah. tell you they do six hours and <laughs> study with them. And or if their six hours is like. If catting. they're doing six hours, it's com- incredibly yeah. inefficient. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
which I mean, fine, if, if you like to study that way, it's not bad, but it's yeah. don't think that everyone's grinding 12 hours a day like they're no, in a law firm and, already. And now what, like when I said it four hours, like sometimes it was like four or five hours, and I would do <laughs> yeah. two hours and I would have a class. Yeah. So for example, after crim, like, and again, this is the first half of the year, things are about to change. I'm getting there. Um, but I would do like two or three hours between classes. I would always do the readings for a class like right before. So that it was really fresh in my mind. That was my strategy. It actually worked pretty well. Because a lot of the times if it's really complicated, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. By the time I like by the time two days came by or the next night, like the next day, sorry, I would have forgotten some of it. Yeah. Especially for really complicated topics like contracts. Yeah. I love doing it the morning of. Property, morning of. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I would do work between classes and then I would do an extra couple hours that night. Cumulatively, it's like four or five hours. Yeah. Um, but after midterms. I really started to understand what was important and what wasn't. You become a lot more efficient as time goes and on. And you become attuned to your weaknesses. Yeah. Like, what can I look up in an outline? What can't I? How much do I have time for? It's um, consistency. If you spend any time every day, you'll be better off than if you're, frankly, trying to yeah. catch up at the end. And, and, and you know what? But again, I want to. you can take a day off. You can take a Suddenly day off. Suddenly, I was parked the whole day in front of the and, watching and, football. And frankly, Alex, I could take more days off than you because you were LSS president. Like during exam season, trying to make me blush. <laughs> but do you remember during exam season, I would be like overwhelmed and I would just take like an entire <laughs> yeah. afternoon off. Before exams, do yourself a favor. If you do have a job outside of school, quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, like really, uh, please. Yeah. But like, again, I was very proud. Starting- I had a couple of things going on in my business and the pro bono radio. And that's all I did. And so when I submitted my pro bono radio, I was done that. I only did one episode. Yeah. And then I I just had to like juggle my business. So I could take days off where other people who had three or four extracurriculars could. Like if you have like a, 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 like a nighttime LSS meeting and you have to be there, is that really a day off? You're not working, but you're also not relaxed. Yeah. You're dressed up, you're there. And it's like a commitment and it's rewarding. But at the same time, if you have seven of those, like, yeah, you're not taking time off. Sorry. So anyway, the short answer to your question is I would say if you're doing four hours, three to four hours cumulatively average a day, yeah. plus going to class, you're golden. Yeah. Like if you if, if that doesn't get you the A, then I don't think more would have. I think you just don't have yeah. you don't and have there, it dialed. There's discrepancies between people. I would say I, I take maybe a little bit longer. I do need to spend a little bit more time. Yeah. Um so I mean, you'll you'll get pretty comfortable with what works for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like I need to read the same sentence over five times before I understand the words. But why? Well, yeah, that happens. That's, that's that ha- I hope that happens for everybody because <laughs> yeah. that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's why some I days would... you'll spend more time, some days you'll spend less, but that's you'll certainly I... get better as time goes on. Exactly. That's why I wouldn't cram mm-hmm. because I just get so like not efficient that I was just punishing myself yeah. by being in the library. And again, and we know people, a friend of ours, who would be in the library every day until midnight. Yeah. For a long time. And even and towards the end of the year, they were there until eight or nine. Yeah. And it worked for them. It worked really well. <laughs> but, yeah. but it doesn't mean it won't work for you or or it will work for you. Just figure out what does work for you. And yeah. that's what, again, that's what midterms are for. They're a great litmus test for yeah. if what you're doing is working or not. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you got to be in, like, you got to get in tune with who you are as a person what you want out of this experience, what you want out of life, what you want out of a career. And the sooner you figure that out, the better you all feel be. Yeah. And otherwise, when in doubt, just work hard, but work sustainably. Like again, if you're the kind of person like that friend of ours who can do 10 hours a day 
consistently, then go ahead. Like, yeah. that's great. For me, I would like start going crazy. So yeah. I have to either dial it in so that I could work a little bit every day or work really hard for a month and then just be like, screw it. I give up. Law school sucks. I'm out. Kind of thing. Want to do a little bit about uh, recruit? Well, you're, I'm not even doing the recruit. I'm so. in the middle of it right now, yeah, so I don't so actually know the full process. Well, you did sort of 1L. I did a 1L recruit in Kingston um, at a firm here locally. And I only applied to, I think, two firms. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it was like 1L recruit. I didn't want to do the big law recruit. So I was like, here's a Hail Mary. Let's see if I get a law summer job because everybody makes you feel like it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, why even bother? One yeah. L recruit. In <laughs> I didn't even do it. Yeah. And like, I literally didn't even know that a lot of people applied. Like, I thought I was like one of three because it's a small, like, I, it's a medium firm. Like, but people, because of big law firms, people make you feel like any firm that's not in Toronto is like a tiny firm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I probably interviewed against three or four people max. I would say... I found out it was over 10 people that that actually were like applying for my position. Anyway, point is, I just submitted a normal cover letter, resume, uh, had one Zoom interview, another follow-up interview, and then got a job offer. It was pretty normal. I was just myself. I would say being yourself is pretty important. Of course, you want to present your best version of yourself. Yeah. But... um. But I think they're looking, like, lawyers are smart. They deal with people every day. They're looking for, like, somebody who's reliable and genuine. Intangibles matter. Yeah, because if you're being fake, they can see it, and then they don't know if you're, like, a C student. Like, they again, you only have one mark by the time you do your one else. They still see, they'll see your midterm marks, but but there is a little bit less weight put on them for sure than, than your finals. I didn't. So I did you didn't the, submit them no, at all. I, so okay. for I don't know how it is for the big law. Record. I think most people do. Yeah. So I was only required to submit my transcript. And Mark, my transcript, Mark's just that smart. <laughs> my, my I had one mark. It was public law. Yeah. Um, it was good, thankfully, and I think it was just like probably one of the best they had, and it was only one mark. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went off, <laughs> and then I started getting the bees after that. But again, like right, right timing. Um, and I was a great fit for the firm, like to this day. Yeah. Like I like everybody I work with, everybody I work with, as far as I can tell, likes me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was Cat. my experience. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the, probably the only recruit I'll go through if everything yeah. works out. So you, you can speak to the 2L recruit. Yeah. I, so I didn't do the 1L recruit. This is a very common thing that a lot of people don't do the 1L recruit. I wish I had just because it does help you dial in your materials sooner uh, I did feel a little bit crammed. I work a lot in the summer, so making my resume the way I wanted it, writing my cover letters, doing the networking all at the same time, simultaneous with working, can be a, a bit much. Mm -hmm. So the 1L Recruit, first of all, you you have the entire winter break to prepare those materials, so you do have some time. Yeah. Uh, it, it gives you a chance to get ready in advance. So if you're not too overwhelmed and, and you don't need the entire time off during during the, the winter break, then... I, I would take advantage of it and and just give it a shot. You never know. Yeah. There's also it's very low stakes because there's no there's no expectation of landing in one L. It's a very small percentage of people that do. But we know people that did. Yeah. I but, thought I thought it would. Be but compared to the two L recruit, it's it's a fraction. Of, Big time. Yeah. We still know people. That do. Yeah. So it's not without a, a doubt. It's not like impossible. For one L, there is a bigger emphasis on on marks. It's because you've been there for such a short amount of time. It's yeah. There's only so much they can go off of, uh, and a lot of extracurriculars are are sort of just starting, come yeah. second semester. So I would say do the one L recruit. Going into two L recruit, just a very brief overview of the process. 
you submit your materials at the end of July around the 24th. Uh, your materials include your marks uh, from undergrad and your transcript from from law, a cover letter for each firm uh, in which for which it is definitely beneficial to to have done that networking so that you can name drop some of those pe- people that you spoke with. And it also allows you to say what it is that you like about that firm in particular, because there is a lot of difference between the firms, even if they're doing a lot of the same work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously your resume, most of them don't need uh, letters of recommendation, but but some of them, for some of them, it's optional. Uh, then you'll hear back if, if you have any on-campus interviews, uh, which may or may not be via Zoom uh, mid-September. Yeah, mine was over. Those will take place at the end of September. If you do well in those, you will get uh, called to do infirm interviews in October. Uh-huh. And then if that goes well, you, you might be uh, fortunate enough to be offered a job at, at the start of November. So during reading week. So <clears throat> that's just a very general overview. You don't need to worry about that right now. Uh, yeah. Leave that to, to the current 2L students. <laughs> yeah. You'll see. I, I would pretty say quickly. don't. Don't worry about, in my opinion, don't worry about it until the summer of, of 1L. And, and again, because, I, because this is almost a message for 2L, but if you don't land, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like, there is still a lot of opportunity to get a really good job in the future. Yeah. It's, what, 20% lands in 2L for Toronto. Listen, yeah, so. I'll say one thing about that. I've been to court like 10 times, at least, in one summer. Yeah. working at my firm and i've been told that that doesn't happen at some of the bigger firms so like you might it might be a blessing in disguise not yeah. to land in the big law recruit um i almost like for some of my friends part of me almost hopes that they don't because like yeah the prestige is nice but i know the kind of people they are yeah and sometimes i get concerned that in five years i got it's a it's a big ego thing it's yeah. you know try try to avoid the toxicity that comes along with it yeah queens i think is better probably than most schools because everyone is so cool so yeah yeah but yeah just something to think about Um, you will get a job eventually that is a certainty yeah certainty well (laughs) i think it's what like 98 percent of people like that's like 98 percent of people yeah and we were told that like the last two percent is because they want to be like researchers exactly they didn't want to go on and get a yeah yeah. so So, like odds are you're gonna get a job just fine if you want one yeah yeah so eventually i want to stress about anything no literally don't stress about anything except for being optimistic at this stage and put your best foot forward going to class yeah going to class and try to do well consistency the, is key yeah that's the only thing that'll really help like stressing about other things it's way too early to make any difference and you're just going to take away from doing well and being happy and learning and that kind of thing so a quick a quick what would you say is the thing that that the incoming students have most to look forward to what was your favorite part of 1l yeah um honestly meeting my friends and building relationships okay and for for some of us nerds that went into law school because we like law, like as an abstract, it was also really cool. Like I remember. Tell like, me, there wasn't a big noticeable difference from doing your your readings in undergrad at, during your science degree to doing your oh, readings in law school. Yeah, I would screenshot You'll, like paragraphs and send it to family. It was exciting. It became exciting. Yeah, the material comes alive because, especially if it's something you're genuinely interested in, which yeah. probably it is if you if you've made it this far. Yeah. By the way, congratulations because. You'll hear this a lot, but 
you belong now to a really small minority of yeah yeah of people that make up a, a relatively prestigious community yeah. uh, especially being definitely. here at queens so definitely yeah so pat yourself on the back you you certainly have earned it you've worked hard to get here what i will say to look forward to the semi-formal was a ton of fun sign up go to the semi-formal yeah that was fun um yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was uh, there was also the uh, the Palooza. Yeah, that was a fun event. Yeah, um, there's a lot. There's of, a like, ton of events. Also, host each other. Yeah, like how many fun evenings did we have at my yeah. place or your place or whatever? And it sort of happens naturally at Queens. Yeah. I mean, everyone seems to be happy to take their turn to to host to have people over. Yeah. So yeah, and oh oh, and then the one last thing we wanted to say and is you don't need like be friendly with everybody. But you don't need to be super best friends with everybody. No. Like, it's fine to have a core. Like, we had, like, four or five friends that yeah. we really liked and trusted. It's not that like we didn't like the other people. It's just how circumstances happen. Like, you can only have so much, like, mental capacity, right? And so once you're happy with your group of friends, really invest in people because, like... You it is cool how you could go a long time without seeing people here, though. And everyone's so excited to see you, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. So... Like your friends, but you you probably see your small section a lot more than everyone else, just because. Oh yeah, you're literally in class with you're them by all day, every friends day. With like yeah, everybody. It's built into the system. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's you definitely have friends in different sections. Yeah. I mean, I some of my best friends are still in other sections. But and, and you know what? I really like that about Queens. Like, I really like the whole small section thing. Yeah. Like, I kind of got sick and tired of undergrad where you're just every class. Like, I would take extra. Well, there's classes. 300 people in every class. You don't. And also, yeah. it's like classes that like some of them are se- second year. Some of them are third year classes. Yeah. Some of them are extracurriculars. Like, not extracurriculars, but like, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like, classes you don't have to take for your program, yeah. but you have to take some of them. Yeah. Um. And like you're there and you're like surrounded by a bunch of like history majors and you're like don't know anybody. Yeah. And it gets old where you're like going to classes, you know, like one person or nobody at all. And you don't know who's talking. Like now I can like anybody in my section starts talking. I know who's talking. Yeah. It's like being in high school again. (laughs) It's it's kind of in a good way. You'll see very quickly. There's there's essentially assigned seating. You will sit in the same place yeah. every single class for the yeah, entire yeah. year. And you know what? Like, it's fine if you don't talk to everybody in your section all the time, but yeah. you still nod at each other. There's a close. familiarity. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. There's a comfort and it's it's nice to be able to get to know the people in your small section. Yeah. 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 And so that, that I would say that's also one of my favorite aspects of Queen's Law yeah. is uh, the whole small section program. It makes everything a lot more digestible. Yeah. You only have to get to know 30, 40 people. You can know other people if you want, but... Yeah. It gets overwhelming if you have to take in 300 people. You just don't end up knowing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about yours? The, well, I mean... I stole all of them? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say... I mean, for me, this first year, 1L, people say it's a really hard year, and it is. It's a big adjustment, but it's not even close. It was the best year of my life. Yeah. Um, I think it has the potential to be the best year of everyone's life. Between, yeah. again... The community, you're going to hear everyone rave about the community and you won't really experience it until you're here. Yeah. But you realize it's so quick. It's it's really unique. Yeah. Between that, the professors are incredible. They come from really diverse backgrounds. Yeah. And they have insightful commentary on just about every case. Mm-hmm. Uh, the extracurriculars for me was huge. I That was probably the most rewarding part of my year. Mm-hmm. Um, all in, it, it makes for, it, it gives you the opportunity to have an incredible year. Take advantage of all of it. Soak it in. Don't be too stressed. It'll all work out. Um, yeah. That's sort of, the, 
I guess my my final words of encouragement, it's it has potential to be the best year of your life so far. It was for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And also, like, as we said, the opportunities, the people, like, where else are you going to be surrounded by brilliant people and super accomplished scholars and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So make the best of it. And I guess, like, the last, last thing I want to say on this point is you really can't fail. Like, no. genuinely, like you would be so hard pressed. <laughs> You've done the hard part. You made yeah. it here. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, like metaphorically, it's like being a millionaire and like trying to fail. Like if you just put your stuff, like you put your money in like, and, yeah. then, and then, and then index fund, you'll be fine. Yeah. So like, it's like, you really can't fail. You can just, there's just levels to success, right? Yeah. But you're going to be successful no matter how. Yeah. So like, don't stress. It's fine. Yeah. Just do your best and everything hopefully will land. Yeah. From overwhelming majority of people, it does. That's, uh, that's all we have today. Thanks for joining us. Another episode of Queen's Bench Podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, take care.